Welcome to Recommissioned, a bi-weekly podcast where we go back to watch Battlestar Galactica. Each week, I'm joined by my good pal Matt, who has only seen the episodes up to the one we're covering. Now, I've seen them all. And this week, we're talking about Season 2, Episode 10, Pegasus. You can quote me whatever regulation you'd like. I'm not going to let you execute my men. I highly suggest you reconsider that statement, Commander. Admiral, Galactic is launching vipers and a raptor. Commander? Why are you launching vipers? Please arrange for Chief Tyrrell and Lieutenant Agathon to be handed over to my Marines as soon as they arrive. I don't take orders from you. Call it whatever you like. I'm getting my men. You are making such a mistake. I'm getting my men. We're back at it. Mm -hmm. We're talking... Battlestar Galactica. We're talking about Pegasus. I've been looking forward to... <laughs> you don't to, think that's how it's pronounced. been looking forward to getting back into the Pegasus episode. It's going to be good. <laughs> we got trees and mutiny rape. It's a good time. <laughs> your standard party favors. Torture's always good. <laughs> that's what I usually talk about when I'm over at Jabba Kane's house. Torture's usually pretty good. I mean, I'm of the opinion that you murder 11 of their babies to save two of ours. That's politics. (laughs) I mean, if you got to just grab them by their little delicate ankles and toss them into an incinerator, (laughs) whatever's got to be done, you know? You do what you got to do to secure your future for your children, even if it means stepping on the throats of all the other children. (laughs) That's what we're here to do. We're here to take names and kick ass. (laughs) That's it. Yeah, we're That's coming in. We're going to go over to the Pegasus. We're going to kill them all. It's going to be a good time. <laughs> yeah, this is a crazy episode uh, of television. Dude. dude. Oh, I couldn't so wait for this moment of oh, this man. show. It's one of the all-time greatest moments. Oh, and by the way, for our listeners, this is one of the few times where I watched this episode like a week, week and a half ago, and I was like, fuck, should have done that, because now I can't watch the next one for a week and a half. So only until now, once we get done talking about this one, can I move on to the next episode. And we have After a, we have arguably a, an, the most intense cliffhanger yet. We also have a, like, an oh, announcement fuck. regarding um, the next episode of this podcast, don't we? So they should stay tuned till the end of this one, and we will reveal what that is. So write it, coy. So write it down because every time we do this, we forget to tell them. (laughs) Okay. Write it down, and your responsibility is to forget. Is to not forget. Okay. (laughs) Perfect. Yes. Don't forget. Soon to be fulfilled. Aye, aye, Captain. I'm going to write right here in Sharpie. Post show message for for people regarding the next episode of the show. So the Pegasus boy. man, <clears throat> boy. <laughs> Are you going to call it that the whole time? Yes. I'm going to milk that hard. So the Pegasses, uh, <laughs> they're pretty good. That's why they're called Pegasus. But um, so impressions. Impressions. Well, um, I think you're actually going to be surprised to hear I'm a little torn on this episode. Um, the ending is fucking amazing. The 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 this, the reveal of there being the fucking Pegasus that they still exist. There's a whole other battle star out there. Oh my god, the entire fleet hasn't been destroyed. That's amazing. It's, it's fantastic, and I love a lot of the tension here. 
But to be honest, I feel like this episode falls a little bit into the trap of we need everybody to be rooting for Adama and the Galactica and our team of heroes that we all know and love. So let's just make the crew of the Pegasus just despicable shithead monsters that are so easy to hate that by the end of the episode, you're like, yeah, fuck them. I've only known these people for 35 minutes, but fuck all of them. They're they're filthy, awful, rapist, shoot-your-own-men scumbags. Pretty easy to hate. Um, that all said, I think Admiral Kane is the most interesting of their characters, and probably my favorite parts of this episode is when she calls Adama out for some legitimate shit. Like, when you see it on paper, <laughs> things that, he've do- that he's done, I mean, we've all been there. We've watched him go through the experience of having to make these tough calls in the moment with all the, the crazy context and uh, the problems that exist all around it, and we still feel for him. But hearing a superior officer go, no, I read your log. Oh, you got a verdict that you didn't like for an independent tribunal and you disbanded it. That sounds like some dictator shit. And when you're like, well, yeah, damn, that's pretty hard to argue against when you just hear it as a fact on paper. Um, and I liked that. I liked her being there to be like, mm, this, this has gotten sloppy. And he kind of knows it. Like when he fucking scolds Starbuck and Lee, he's like, we have let shit slide. We have let things get loose. And that's not going to happen anymore. Like, he know, he he took that scolding a little personally. Um, that stuff, man, I really, really like. But, yeah, some of the other stuff with the other, with the crew members and the Cylon interrogator, I'm just like, they're just so despicable. They're just completely one-dimensional scumbags. And I'm like, well, of course we hate them. Um, so I have a little bit of issue with some of that. But overall, I still think this is really strong. The core idea of this, the, the reveal of the Pegasus, them clashing and having to full-blown mutiny by the end of that is fucking awesome. I mean, th- this cliffhanger kicked me in the balls. It was amazing. I, I, I have been struggling to not watch the next episode after all this time. Um, so I still def- definitely really enjoyed it, but I, I wanted to enjoy it a little more. Interesting. Yeah, I think... Um I think you have some legit criticisms here. Uh, on a rewatch years later, I definitely feel like there are members of the crew that lack subtlety. That's not to say that I don't think that there are people that exist like that in the service, because remember, they're people too. So you're going to get good and bad people and all of these things. And I sometimes wonder how will they thrive under certain types of leadership? Right. Like if you have... You know, if you if you think of horrific stories in war and the people that are in charge of those people and the way they conduct themselves and then how the people underneath them either blossom or 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 not go one direction or another based on the way the leader treats things. Um but yeah, I think I think you're onto something and, and I don't even mean I could see under Kane's leadership. I could I could definitely see under Kane's leadership somebody raping one of these Cylon captives as a form of interrogation because she thinks they're so despicable that they are not even people. They're it's, and they're just simple machines Right. based on the way she behaves under that leadership. I could see a guy behaving that way. I could also see that same guy behaving not that way under Adama, but we don't know enough about him. Do you know what I'm saying? So I think, I think I definitely think there are some legit criticisms here and, I, and I'll say in favor of that, um, part of you know my my conflicting side of this is that I think it's interesting the idea of seeing you know another battle star, but with a totally different culture that has trickled down from the top, where like this sure. is the kind of shit that she pushes and tolerates and allows for, so it happens. Mm-hmm. Whereas like Adama's ship 
that wouldn't even the beginnings of this kind of behavior wouldn't be tolerated. And so it doesn't happen. Yeah, um, she, so that, she's a punisher, right? Right away. Right, I mean, just look right. at the end of the episode. She's ready to summarily execute these two guys. Now, they should definitely be incarcerated for that encounter from her perspective. Sure. Because as far as she's concerned, they were they were torturing a machine that is responsible for billions, let's not forget, billions of deaths. In her mind, she doesn't think that that thing has any rights whatsoever, but there's something to be said about your own humanity when you stoop to certain levels and still find yourself not getting that information anyway, at least in the science fiction world. I don't want to talk about real life because I don't know. Not interrogator, drink. <laughs> um, so I wonder about it. And the other thing that I really thought about in this episode is I wonder, 10 years later, if you could make that, if you could show something like this. I have a feeling in today's world which is a much more sensitive world. You could say also thoughtful, even 10 years, but also really sensitive. I could see social media having a real problem, the social media animal that exists, right. <laughs> with a woman in charge of that ship allowing that to happen to even a Cylon woman. People would be fucking livid. <laughs> I really believe that, dude. I, 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 in my heart of hearts, think that it would yeah. cause an uproar on social media. Well, for one, I, I, I mean, think people, people get raped in Game of Thrones and people are starting to right. lose their shit. Now, right, right, with, right. with reason, because they show it a lot, they, they, don't, they don't show graphic rape all the time, like, obviously. It, a lot of it is implied. In, but the reality is, is Westeros, that's what Westeros, that's a, a hard place to live. You know what I'm saying? Right. But, but I, would, I would be willing to bet that there would be some upheaval about this. I, I, I don't know. I'm totally, that's confirmation biased. That's me being not being a fan of the oversaturated and oversensitive media and really projecting my own bias onto now. I can't say that's certain, right? I would, I'm willing to venture a guess, though, but I couldn't tell you. Right. I mean, honestly, this is my take, and I, and I could see other, even like female critics maybe having this take of this, in a way, you could argue that by Admiral Kane being this way, it's she truly is a fleshed out, person uh, you know not just a woman and it has you know because it's not like she should be portrayed as a woman as a a flawless figure i'm a female ca you know captain that's risen all the way up to admiral and that makes me better it's like no she's human and maybe she has been corrupted maybe she is a fucking sterner figure and allows for this kind of horrible shit to happen like uh, okay i'll give you me, that that's like a i'll, I'll give yeah. you that some critics would say that but not ones that write for certain websites there's no way <laughs> like i don't i'm not saying people are beyond that criticism male female whatever i'm i'm certain people would see it that way as a, as a fleshed out and rounded out character, but I am willing to venture that would be in the minority. <laughs> I'm not saying it would be unanimous. Nothing right. ever is, right? Would there be a clamor about it among play, uh, some people? Yeah, I think you're, you're probably right. I, I think so. And I, and I can't recall if there ever was back in the day. Maybe there was. I just feel like it would be blown out of proportion. Um, and, and, but it's, but it's, a, it's, a, it's a heavy situation. I mean, there's a lot of good moral quandaries here and you're right the stuff when you start looking at it, it's funny because it's almost like a tongue-in-cheek stab at the show by taking the the shenanigans that have ensued and putting them on paper to a party that lacks the context of those situations and is just reading it as a service record how outrageous it sounds right it, it, and, and to that admiral kane definitely has a point yeah exactly and i like that but but it is a great open. There's a lot of a uh, lot of stuff here. Any of you? Any more opening impressions or prompting thoughts you want to put forward as we go through? Um, no, I'm kind of ready to just dive in, man. Ready to get going. 
Talk to me about this opening. Dude, I love it. I love, I mean, because this has become rote for them now. Like, you, you are being constantly pursued by the silence, even if they're not actively attacking you. You are always being pursued. That's on everybody's mind all the time. Like, the fact that anything shows up on Dreadus, they're like, all right, we're being attacked. Everybody get fucking ready. You know, get to your stations. This is it. Big ship, probably a base star. They're launching fighters. Their, their reaction is pure like training and instinct at this point they're just they're reacting the way they know they need to for survival you don't blame them for not you know it's it's a dama who has to like slow everything down and like wait a minute colonial transponder okay mm. weapons down and they're and everybody's looking at him like wait what are you sure and he's like let's give it a second like i like that i like that everybody is so honed to just be on attack mode, on defense mode constantly, that he, again, as leader, has to kind of, like, set the tone of, like, well, wait a minute, let's see what this is. This is not showing up the way normal Cylon attacks have ever shown up. Yeah. I like the uh, send a hostile challenge. Ah, send a challenge. Love send it. Send him the bird. Send him the hostile challenge, which obviously is uh, is some sort of, like, encryption they want to know to ensure that they knew who they're right. dealing with here. Mm-hmm. And they get authentic colonial codes in return. Pretty intense. <laughs> Fucking amazing. Dude, I mean, like, the fact that they, I like that this episode doesn't dick around with its reveal of there being another battle. So, like, that happens in the first minute and a half of this episode. And I couldn't believe, like, that was, that felt like an so episode exciting. closer to me already. I was like, whoa, oh my God, there's another battle star. Like, I thought, well, shit, everything's changed now. This is, exactly. Gonna be a, like, this is, everything has changed. The core of the show will change. I was like, holy shit, that's so, incredible. Let me ask you this question. At mm-hmm. what point did you have the Rosalind oh shit moment? The when Rosalind she, oh when, shit. When she realizes Kane outranks him. Right. Thus really right. putting her power in jeopardy. Oh, it took, I'll admit, it took me a minute. It took me till kind of where she was, really, when seeing him in the same room, seeing Adama behave so differently. It was like, Oh yeah, mm. she's an admiral, and you're a commander, and <laughs> you're you're handing shit over to her now. Like that's the, it. The, the whole dynamic of the show, like that would be like somebody midway through TNG just shows up and they're like, "Actually, the Enterprise is mine. I outrank you, everybody. Now I'm the star of the show." Like what? Like you're just. It's oh, like man. it's like when Jellico goes to the Enterprise in, in TNG and he takes over while Picard goes on his mission. Um, to do it's change of command one and two. They they do this like infiltration mission. Him, you know, the, all the important characters because it's Star Trek. Not <laughs> not the, trained yeah. younger professionals. Um, <laughs> right. <laughs> and they go on this like infiltration mission. And while they're gone, you, you have Jellico taking over, and he's like, "I want to do four watches. I want to do this. I want to do that." And Riker's like, "Fuck off!" Like all this new shit he wants to do, he disrupts everything, and he's like, "Well, with the efficiency is what we want to get it up another percentage point." And in each, in each, in the whole crew struggles with the transition, but this moment was amazing. The oh, yeah. the moment when when you realize, oh my god, she outranks him. Right, that's a great moment. So I was wondering when you that's got that, but moment. but yeah. I love the exterior on the Pegasus. Oh yeah, I mean, and, and like I, how how everybody is, of course, naturally elated. Like, oh my god, that we're not the only people left. There's, I mean. To, at first, That's I was awesome, man. like, I really did. This is one of those episodes, much of the episodes credit, where I followed along like the same emotional path as like as all the people. Like I never, I was never skeptical of something that they trusted. Like I always felt basically the same way as did it. At first, I was like, this is 
amazing. There's another battle. So I mean, how how much of a you know a replenishing of your ranks can you get than a whole nother fully fleshed out Battlestar with its own crew of Vipers and Raptors? And you're like, oh my god, we finally have backup. Like maybe mm. people can take R and R, and we can rotate shifts for once. I mean, just th- that ally suddenly showing up is just such an incredible you know something to be happy about. But then at the same time, even in the beginning, before Kane comes aboard and everything, I was still like, ooh, but shit, this could also change the dynamic, you know. Who you know? Who knows what the ship is like? And I kind of followed along that path, and I feel like I, I had the same realization at the same time as Rosalind did. Like I had her reaction at that time of like, oh god, yeah, you you outrank him. This changes things. He, he's not second in command of of the human race anymore. Yeah, yeah, or or first in terms of the military. But right, this is great. <clears throat> this is a this is a this is a great moment. But. But what a what an arc for this episode to achieve in forty some odd minutes, which is you're a little tense at first, especially when they get to the flight deck, which we'll talk about here, and then this hopeful feeling and laughter and clapping and everyone's meeting, and then you know Ty meets a drinking buddy, and you're like, oh cool, and suddenly by the end of the episode, you you start to see the transformation, and it happens quickly. And, right. and almost starkly, which makes yeah, sense really. with somebody like Kane. There's no, there's really no wiggle room with Kane. She's very, uh, she's very by the book in her mind, strict. You would almost call her. She's a by the numbers person to disciplinarian to, to the <laughs> n- to the nth degree, which right. is okay. This is the situation. Here's what we're going to do to make the situation right. You know, and that's it. I mean, obviously, going to learn more about her in the next episode. But, um, you know, there's at least one more with her. I won't say beyond that. And, I mean, it is, you know, and you wonder what's going to be her perspective on your crew. We're all concerned about what we think of her and her crew. And then you start to wonder, well, what do they think about the Galactica? And that's when the service records and everything come out. But she starts off on behalf of the officers. I, I do like the auspicious beginnings, as you're fond of saying, which is when the raptor... Raptor 286 gets down Maglock and they dock and they dis they disembark. And the first thing that steps out is a Marine. Yeah. Weapons seeing all, up. Seeing fucking Starbuck in her dress blues is nice. Like, yeah. Oh, look at you all cleaned up. Yep. <laughs> yeah. Here comes fucking Admiral Kane again. I mean, she's she's got that hard ass thing about her from the jump. Just the way she walks around, you know. Right. Cold. <laughs> yeah. You can tell. It's, uh, it's, it's rough. It's, uh, it's rough. She's got a rough exterior, but then she kind of relents a little and then people are like, oh, okay. Yeah. Awesome. Um, oh, well, everything seems okay. But then they get right into this meeting. We got, we got to learn a little about it, a little bit about each other here. We got Kane sitting down with, uh, with, uh, the president and of course, uh, Dama and, and we learn a little bit about her over some drinks here. It looks like whiskey or something. What, what what about this? I mean, this is um, uh, this is a this is an intense moment from Kane. You learn about what she faced, and and while it's easy to, of course, be rooting against her at the same time, we have to remember what she experienced herself. Oh, for sure. Which and, which doesn't sound good. It sounds like she well, lost a lot more people than Adama. 
Right. But also what I find very interesting about this whole exchange, before we learn, because actually it cuts away from their meeting when he's like, well, actually it's Rosin who asks, how did you guys survive the initial Cylon attack? Like what happened? And she's like, "Mm, pour me some more boosts. Yeah. (laughs) Um, But before this, it's, you know, Adama was like, well, how did you find us? And she said, she talks about tracing, you know, tracking down the Cylons and they were going what seemed like a random pattern, but then realizing the Cylons were going from system to system with planets that could support life. And then that slowly led them onto the path of where uh, the Galactica was. But what this is actually, to me, also, I think, a pretty important reveal that, and even Adama takes note of it, where he's like, you've been attacking the Cylons? Like, you've been, pretty you've cool. been going after them? And she's like, oh, yeah, well, you know what they say about the best defense. You sure. And yeah, that's Di- a, dictating that's a, the pace. Exactly. And, dude, that's that's her through and through. And we see that later in the episode. She is, she is on the attack. She's all fucking teeth. <laughs> like, she goes first. Right. Uh, whereas you can still tell Adama is a little more like, hmm, you're, you're, you seem to be putting a more emphasis on stabbing when maybe you guys should just be shoring up what you have. Like she's almost like you get a little bit like that hint of a revenge bent in her right here. Yeah. Yeah. Well, definitely a, a there's definitely a she's a she's a she's an attacker. She wants to she wants to, you know dish out justice in her mind <laughs> she just, talks about yeah we were looking to do some hit and run attacks on the silence oh my god you guys are pretty fucking bold they are bold no question uh a couple of things they do in this episode that i like in the in the in that first scene when we we tilt up from the cic on galactica to the dratus and when we tilt back down we're in the pegasus slick yeah slick and we do it again fucking here slick. where we see the drinks that kane sharing we cut to the Close up with a drink, clanging, and then we go right into uh, into Ty and the other guy, right? Ty and the XO, <laughs> Galactica's finest. <laughs> Made it in my toilet. <laughs> what'd you think of uh, What'd you think of this character? He's been in quite Dude. a few. This guy, quite a yeah, few things in, like he, uh, out there. Wasn't he L.A. Confidential? Yes. Yep. Yeah, that's where I recognized him. Yep. I was like, wait a minute, you were that bad cop that got shot, Dick Stenslin. Dick Stenslin. Terrible go. fitness reports. <laughs> that <laughs> was it, right? And he hasn't improved them. <laughs> yeah, this is after that for sure. At first, I kind of love the idea. Like, the the charm is still on right here with the Pegasus crew. Like, I love the two exos. You know, we know Ty's the fucking hard ass because he has to be. He knows how to crack the whip. And this guy probably, you know, has the same kind of demeanor. Like they see, they seem very similar. And them getting to share drinks and, and bust chops and laugh, I like kind of loved. I was like, right. Ty's got his guy now. Ty's got another XO to be like, isn't being an XO a bitch? Like, to like just fucking piss and moan with. And him being like, you know, he busts his balls about, ah, oh, I'm surprised this old clunker didn't get its ass kicked up and down. And he's like, oh, just for that, we're going to skip the next round. <laughs> you don't get to have it. Yeah. Yeah. That was <laughs> so cute. Good. I love it, man. Um, of course, uh, Admiral Kane, played by Michelle Forbes, who is, of course, of Star Trek fame by playing Ensign Rowe, right? She played that character quite a bit on Next Gen, so it was cool to see her again. And then, of course, right. she was recently in, I think it's called The Killing. She's the mother oh. of the girl that is killed. Is killed? <laughs> yeah. Okay. But um, I don't have all their names handy at, um we have Admiral Kane. Okay, yeah, Colonel Jack Fisk. So Colonel Fisk is the is the XO. Uh, you got Captain Cole Taylor Stinger. Shut up. He's the commander guy. of the air group. 
Uh, you have Lieutenant Noel Allison. You have Racetrack, of course. Alistair Thorne. He's the one that's killed. What a name. Alistair Thorne. You know, he's going to be a bad guy. <laughs> yeah. With a fucking top hat. Yeah. And then Chief Peter Laird, who was a civilian, I guess we were willing to believe. He's like the only other non-total asshole. Yeah. Like, yeah. <laughs> he's like not a piece of shit. Yeah. Yeah, it's about 50-50, right? Half of them are dicks, half of them are, it seems. So it seems. And honestly, like, by the end, well, you know what? I'm going to save some of that. I'm going to save that. But, yeah, like, my impressions of their their crew, definitely, it's it's weird, man. They're weird dynamic there. Yeah. But Kane tells a little bit about how she survived. She talks about a blind jump. Dude, that's crazy. Cool, right? Like, and I mean, he, you know, Adama alludes to what that really means. And it's not about just popping up somewhere where you don't know where you are. It's that you could fucking land in the middle of a sun, land in the middle of a fucking asteroid, you know, destroy your ship without knowing the coordinates of where you're going, like colliding with something. That's crazy. Yeah. She was at a shipyard, three, probably four nukes, I believe she says. And I guess five ships went up. Two of them were battle stars. I mean, to witness such a thing getting hit with all these nukes yeah, and, and the, the extra tragedy of you were landing at this dock so that a lot of your crew was getting extended shore leave and R&R, getting family reunions. You know, they were, they were getting ready to come home and take a break. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And they got pounced on and pounded hard. And right. 700 men, I guess, is the number she throws out there. And um, yeah, the blind jump. I like, I like that. He, I like that Adama goes, ooh, blind. That, that, like you said, is him recognizing the technology or, or, or I guess just the maneuver or what you would call it, what it is named to do such a thing. Right. And she, you know, he says gutsy move and she's like, no, a desperate move. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So but I like, I like her pointing that out. That's at this point where he says she, she makes the command and Rosalind's like, uh Oh, <laughs> right. Yeah. Rosalind is just like, well, we've, we've been through so much. She will take complete command. Oh, great. Uh, yeah, that's brutal, dude. <laughs> and because you makes you, as a viewer, you just worry about like, wait, it, are the dynamics of the show just permanently changed from here on out? Like, Adama sure. is now an inferior officer and he's taking orders and he doesn't run his own ship really anymore? And like, whoa, what a sea change for the show. It's great. Yeah, this is... Uh- this is a catalyst for many possibilities, this episode, isn't it? Definitely, yeah. I mean, yep. it had me, I had my head spinning. Kane doesn't take too highly to Rosalind, does, does she? Dude, her immediate thing. Secretary of Education. <laughs> I mean, as soon as she exits the room, as it's, a, it's an issue. As soon as she exits, yeah. And Adama, she's come a long way. Right. But earned it. But but that's him saying, he doesn't defend her, does he? He doesn't, he doesn't get overly defensive because... Is probably familiar with the way Kane reacts. I'm sure the scuttlebutt in the fleet is that he understands Kane. He knows her a little bit. There's, there's probably it's it's unlikely he's not familiar with a flag officer. Yeah, no, and that's the thing. And I mean, and the same goes for him. Even though he's not an admiral, he's a commander. He is famous as a commander. He is. He has a reputation among you know uh, all of the crews and she knows him i mean she knows his voice you know early on in the episode that's right like adama is that really you like she knows his voice and he's like it's good to hear you kane sure Um, so they they are familiar like they definitely have had interactions before 
Um, but yeah, but it's hard to get a feel for how they actually are, you know, how they actually think of one another. Yep. Uh, this is cut against Fisk telling Ty about the XO, the former XO's inability to give an order of attack. This is nuts. <laughs> I mean, this is fucking crazy. Right. Now, here's something I will say. This is cut against Adama talking to Kane, and Adama at that point decides to reveal, because he is compelled to, as he is a good officer, to tell his commanding officer in Admiral Kane that he has a Cylon prisoner. You don't want her to find out, and you didn't tell her. And two things. Number one, he's being a professional here. Number right. two, I think Admiral, I think, I think Adama knows Admiral Kane quite well. Because he says she's been a valuable source of information. Mm, that's a good point. Why, he would say, why say it, right? Right. He would say that specifically to her. He must know her by reputation. Mm-hmm. Uh, and not just that, but how other people would react out of context. Right. I mean, just, just look you... at how your own crew reacted. Look at how your own son reacted. Oh, yeah. And I mean, he Reasonably, basically... too. We, 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 you know, we can't forget this. Oh, yeah. Totally. And, and he basically anticipates and answers her next question by saying that. Because her next question would be like, why? Why are you holding? Of course. What, what, what do you mean? He's like, well, the reason being, we're getting very cooperative. Of her. Yep. Yeah. Very cooperative. And <laughs> dude, also, major reveal right after that. Yeah, we got one too. Yep. It's like, oh, shit. And, and, and another major reveal, which I will say, I wonder if the show missed an opportunity here. On a rewatch, which is Vice President Dr. Baltar has been working with her. Now, he didn't say guys, Baltar. There's probably a lot of Baltars in the universe, but we're supposed to believe that he's one of the most famous people from Caprica. And I'm surprised she didn't react to that. Me too, actually. I kind of wonder when he when he mentioned Gaius Baltar, she just had like no reaction at all. And I was like, I thought but it was she didn't, be, like, but a he didn't say Gaius, like, oh. which is probably a maybe why. Maybe. Yeah. Yeah. But no, I, I remember thinking the same thing. That it would, it would at least garner a, a raised eyebrow and a, oh, you got Baltar on the board. Huh, that's interesting. Mm-hmm. Like, he survived, okay. Yeah, it's Something. good, though. So yeah, gives me no pleasure, Bill, to, to do this. Don't give it a moment's thought. He's saying all the right things. Oh, yeah. Which is exactly... Yeah, he knows he knows what to say. He understands, and clearly he know, you know, you, you, you know about these things. When you are running your own... Galactica, your own Battlestar, excuse me. When you're running your own Battlestar, you know about Admiral Kane. You know, I mean, when she leaves, he has quite the look of consternation on his face, doesn't he? Oh, yeah. No. He's, he doesn't question, but he doesn't always feel great about it. Doesn't look like he feels good at all. It looks like he's about to barf. <laughs> and this is where we start seeing the crew chit-chatting a little bit. Um, this is where we see, uh, I believe it's... Oh, the the lieutenant there, I forget his it's name. Their, it's their CAG, yeah, being all like, oh, yeah, we, we always keep our scorecard on our ships. It's good for morale, esprit de corps. Esprit de corps. But not the, not the, the young kind of handsome guy that they're, I don't think he's the CAG. Is he, isn't it the other one? Oh, yeah, yeah, it's actually, yeah, the other guy who yeah. says that. I think that's, I think that the guy who is the, the hot shot guy with all the decals, I think hit on, his, on the side of his ship, his little kill scorecard, I think that guy's name is Lieutenant Allison. They call him Narcho. I'm not sure why. But um, 
And I think Captain Taylor is the CAG. So yeah. Taylor's the CAG. Allison's the, the hot shot. Yeah. Hey, I got all these kills. <laughs> but um, yeah, I found, I think, I think if I'm being honest, if we really go back and look at it, it's, it's probably Captain Taylor who's the real dickhead in this episode. Oh, and, 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 sure. and almost goofily so. <laughs> He's just, yeah, antagonistic from jump. Um, and I mean, there is some. This I, I precedent totally, based on the life they've had under Kane. Right. To be right. so tight. Well, and also, I imagine, you know, there, it, there would be some whiffs of this in the military of the fact that Commander, you know, William Adama is the, the, the commander of this ship, of this Battlestar. And oh, who's the prestigious CAG? His son. Mm-hmm. And I could see some people rolling their eyes at that, being like, oh, fucking daddy's boy. But him just bringing it out like a fucking baton so early yeah, it's, on. And, it's and, a bit and much. Wheeling it around. And I'm like, oh, geez, dude. Fucking not even trying. Yeah. Yeah. Well, if, if, if we're to believe uh, Colonel Fisk's story, this guy might have been, uh, might have not have been uh, the appropriate CAG, but perhaps only one they had left. I don't know. Who knows, right? <laughs> right. Right. Mm. That's that's why I do like the you know this point where where Laird's talking to to Callie and he's like oh I, like I'm not military I was a civilian I got drafted <laughs> into being on this because they needed somebody he's like an aerospace engineer yeah he's great uh, we'll get to him in a minute do you want to talk about um, I guess this is where Balter actually meets Kane yes yeah he's walking with Kane and talking for, you know, for a second he's talking about his I'm the focus you know I'm the Cylon detector. Right, which we know Kane's been briefed on by Adama. So, of course, they we want him see to see their Cylon. Just a quick hello, but yeah, Laird, he seems kind of interesting, doesn't he? I like him. Yeah. Me too. Like He's him. like kind of a regular guy, deck chief, seems like just a normal dude. And, um, uh, like, this is how you would expect these guys to talk. We are in a losing war. We're, we're not gaining people, we're losing people much faster than we're gaining them. And you brought over, thanks for the supplies, thanks for this. I mean, this is the professional courtesy. And the chief is great here. He's so appreciative of what Laird has right. provided from a from a equipment standpoint, the parts. He's like, yeah, yeah he, have a look around, do whatever you want. And he comes up, he immediately is coming up and admiring the Blackbird, the ship that sure. the chief came up. And he's like, man, I helped design these engines. I thought they phased them out. It's so great to see them being used and everything. Like he pre- He's like the only person from Pegasus who's like, hey, you guys did something good. Like He's not just sure. like a big fat shit on everything. Right, right, for sure. Yeah, but yeah, um, it's a good moment. Yeah, I like it. But that's when he says, oh, I'm going to crawl around and tells him to make himself at home, essentially. And that's when we get to Adama walking in the hallway. Yeah. Uh, These supplies are coming from Pegasus all, you know, to the Galactica and helping them out for military purposes. And this is where Roslyn's like, well, great. But when is any of this going to trickle down to the fleet? Yep. And that's, Soon. You know, one thing we haven't talked about here is the, the major difference of responsibilities between Indeed. the Galactica and the Pegasus. Indeed. It's massive. Like, that's why one can do hit and run attack tactics and one can't. Exactly. One is a war boat on its own. Mm-hmm. Just one is uh, running as run. run is one is defending a civilian fleet, a fleet. with with, with might I add the last remnants of humanity outside of a couple of stragglers. 
Right. And like I feel like that – I've never really thought about it. We talked about it early on in the show in the very first episodes. But I haven't really thought about in a while how much just that situation, that burden of responsibility would genuinely affect the way you think and the way you behave of like – it's almost like becoming a parent. <laughs> it's like sure. we have this massive responsibility. All these people who are completely dependent on us, they cannot protect themselves. We have to protect them. So that's going to change the tenor of everything you do. You know, It's going to be, all right, we have to think about what can the fleet handle? How long can we leave them alone? How long can we go on supply runs? How long can we wait between supplies and who needs what? And thinking about the needs of so many people, which, of course, is a massive bureaucratic pain in the ass, but it also humbles you. Whereas these guys, the Pegasus, have just been – they've just gotten to go out there and just get their murder boners on. And just be like, let's just go f- hardcore revenge and kill all the Cylons we can and like yeah. just run hard like a bunch of <laughs> like or, a bunch of fucking – And, and yeah. you know, maybe revenge isn't the right word and I, and I used it earlier too. Maybe it's just we're, sh- we're a warship and we're at war. I mean we're going to yeah. fight the enemy, which is exactly what Adama true. said in the first couple episodes. That's true. We're, we're at war. We're going to attack the enemy. Remember? I think those were his exact words. Yeah, and that's yeah. she's like, "Are you sure? I mean, we lost, right? Isn't this over now? Now, <laughs> right. that, now we're just now we're just from hell's heart. I stab at thee. That's what we're doing now. What are we doing? Yeah, exactly. But I, I mean, you can imagine if you if you are in Kane's position and you're sitting on a battle star, uh, a, a modern one, mind you. Remember, it, remember the the Galactica is old. The Pegasus is sharp and new. Right, it's better. Remember- it's a better ship." Exactly. Like, just even the difference of the, the CICs, you're like, whoa, this one looks so different. Right. I, th- I mean, I think the Galacto looks cooler, but the reality is that the, the Pegasus is top of the line, Matthew. Okay? It's not going to let it go. I had to I threw one out there. Adama, you don't understand the powerful force of the Pegasus. Spock, God, the Pegasus, beam it up. But no, it's true. You have to, uh, you have to re- remember that. And then, so you're in Admiral Kane's position. Now you have their life, and what are you going to do? Sit around? No, you're going to attack the enemy. She probably didn't consider. Oh, let's go settle down, or you know, I got all these people in here. No civilians. These are all crewmen. Yeah, yeah. all soldiers who want blood because they're pissed. Exactly. That woman shot an officer right in front of the crew, Bill. Dude, I honestly love Ty oh. being so offended by that. He rules. He fucking love him. Like you think he'd be the hard ass, who'd be the guy who would do that, but absolutely not. He's like he understands how wretched that would be. Like even if you had to fucking execute one of your own, you wouldn't blow somebody's brains out on the CIC in front of everybody. Like you, would, they're gonna at least go through the process. They're at least gonna go through a tribunal. Something you don't just fucking whip out your gun like you're a pirate, shoot somebody in the head. Yep, crazy. They keep talking about context here, which I like, which is. Adama, uh, this is good writing and good acting right here. Adama's talking to Ty about context, but he's really hoping Admiral Kane gets his. Exactly. It's great writing, great subtext. He's saying it to Ty, but he's thinking about the context because as he's handing over his logbooks, which are ugly, and I like that they go to probably what on paper, if you watch the series, you think of, which is, yeah, they shot down the Olympic carrier. Fuck. Right? Is that what it's called, the Olympic carrier? Think. Yeah, because Colonial One is the present. So yeah, they shot down the Olympic carrier, um, which was Lee, actually, who had to pull the trigger on that. But of course, the Adama was given by Adama. And that's that I mean, that sounds horrific, doesn't right. it? Yeah, absolutely. 
But the tide tries to remind him that there is differences here. Yeah, yeah, that was a different situation. Yeah. But yeah, I, I like this emphasis here of, well, hopefully she's going to do us the same favor, waiting for the facts, waiting for the context. We'll hear it all out. Um, and at first, you know, she seems like she is willing to. You know, we, we, we feel that way at first. Sure. Boy, yeah, she comes to very harsh judgments. Now, this stuff right here is important. Um, This is when we see Dr. Gaius, Vice President Baltar. He goes to meet the prisoner on the Pegasus, doesn't he? Obviously, his intent is to try to get some intelligence. Maybe he can help whatever silent detection he's got going on. So he goes over there, and what does he see lying on the floor? Another six, a sexy six, looking real beat up, lay on the floor. Man. Pretty fucking dark, dude. Trisha Helf is amazing here. The oh, horror yeah. she shows. And this this was such a, a mind blower for me. I was like, wait, you're mm-hmm. shocked by that? You don't know? Yes, like, I, I couldn't wait to hear your, you, uh, your take on this. What does I, this I tell you, pal? That multiple Cylons can, I, I don't know, like defect i guess or at least become either well there's nothing in dis- his head huh there's no physical object in guys's head that's been confirmed by coddle right right hmm. well shit i mean and yeah no like later on when he's when he's talking to this six when he actually is inside the cell and everything did you want yeah we huh? well that's that's what you want to just talk about this whole six thing yeah let's just run around let's just run through this like um because in that moment it even had me wondering if this was Gaius admitting to himself, admitting to the, you know, kind of the viewers in a way that like I do just conjure up this thought of her and this presence of her, and it, it is me having an unstable mind and me relying on her as like my imaginary friend. Mm-hmm. Um, made me wonder about that. But then the other, the flip side of it too is that if she is still actually a real Cylon in communication with him somehow, that uh, that there. <laughs> This six being on the Pegasus is another Cylon that is completely removed from like the Cylon hive mind, the connection. And I'm like, damn. So like how many of them, it's maybe not as rare as we thought. Like we, we thought the, the now the Caprica Sharon, who's now back on board the Galactico, we thought that was like a, a, maybe a rare exception that this is a Cylon who defected and is removed from their system. Can't not be, you know, infected by them anymore. But maybe there's more, man. Like, like. Well, remember, the idea- remember, there was a, in a, and I know it was a long time ago, as far yeah. as our recording. But we do, we have to recall Shelley Godfrey, correct? Which was six, just being on the bridge when yes. you, you all can see yes, her. Right. You, you can see her. She, hello. <laughs> That's right. Yeah. Don't touch me. Remember, like that whole. I'm going to teach you a lesson. In fact, was that the Olympic carrier episode? No, that was after that because yeah. the Olympic carrier comes back up again. I can't remember all the context of that, but she was yeah. on the boat trying to put him under and say he was a Cylon collaborator and to That's teach him a right. lesson. And she never, if I recall, never broke that character. It was head six that when he was begging to God and her that then it it turned out to be fake. It, it was the, remember they had the image of him and, and oh, it was Dr. Gata said... Yeah, that's right. That's right. So we don't ever really, was that a total put on? True. We don't know, especially now that we see another copy in here. That she is totally surprised by, totally flabbergasted. Totally. And something that 
obviously TV can't do. It, it can't satiate all our senses, can it? Right. Uh, right. Sight and, and sound is all we get out of it. You can't feel anything. You can't taste anything. And you sure shit can't smell anything. But the way Gaius reacts to the door opening, the thought of that is brutal. Like, it's yeah. such an overwhelming stench in that room. Ugh. Yeah. Oof. Which implies, like, fucking gangrene and just... I, I mean, everything. All the hell. Yeah, I mean, human, it's... I mean, oh, it's so bad. Yeah. They're not feeding her or nothing. Not cleaning the cell, I'm sure. When the door opens, Head Six looks at Alistair Thorne with some serious daggers. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Remembers her hatred of humanity. And it's at this point where you really have to think about what she's endured based on the way they go after Sharon. Mm. Yeah, definitely. I mean, it's it's brutal. It's awful. It's intense, man. And uh, it's uh, <laughs> this is uh, this is one of those things where I think Gaius shines. I think I think this guy does a great job in these moments. We see this tender side of him, and you know. We talked about guys quite a bit, and then he kind of he kind of went to cold storage for a little bit. But he is—we know that he's a coward. We know that he's a survivor, and that's what he's to do. But he's not cruel, is he? I mean, no, this no, this really puts him off. This is something that he, he is he, him seeing Head Six, whom he's quite fond of, in a physical form, so battered. It's, yes. it's, it's a stark reminder as to his real feelings for her, seeing her in such distress and pain. Right. It I love it. Him, it's it's, it's yeah. crushing. Crushing. And it's nice to see this, these emotions provoked out of Gaius, whom we sometimes forget has these emotions, despite the <laughs> fact that he is not a heroic man and certainly looking out for himself. Right. And as much as he's not happy with the dynamic that he has to deal with, with his, you know, head six, he still cares about her and she Indeed. does still look out for him. And he, and he's cared about her for a long time. I mean, we, we forget that he knew her and thought her thought of her as a person for who sure. knows how long on sure. Caprica. And they were like dating and, and, you know, they were banging. I, That's for sure. Yeah. They're banging mm. at least. And, you know, he was already, I think probably developing feelings for her then, um, and now it's just that much more intense. Yeah. He did cheat on her, but hey, that's Gaius. <clears throat> I like that he has to console Six because he has never consoled Six. This is a power dynamic, emotionally speaking, that has shifted in this relationship in this moment to him saying, I have to be able to do this. If I need to help her, you need to let me communicate and understand what's going on here. And she says in a very needy fashion, understandably so, will you help her? I will do everything I can. That is such a big promise. Like she's, she's so genuinely asking that, pleading that for him. Mm -hmm. yeah. Yep. Like that's a, that's a real ass. That's not her being like, well, you have to, you have to Gaius for the Cylon, you know, change and to, to pursue the extinction of the human race like this big brand big bold grandiose shit like this is a truly emotional pleading like please help her can you, I, and only you can i can't yeah and it's funny because you know sometimes you think had you had you thought about gaius earlier in the in the series and done something like hmm let's see what's going on with gaius let's see 
he gets brought to this room where there's somebody beaten and chained up down on the ground. What does he do? I mean, you could you could make an argument to think if you gave people multiple choice, people might say if one of the answers was remove himself from the room, forget about it, and not get involved. Right. Do you know right. what I'm saying? Like you could see you could see that as a viable answer on a multiple choice answer to the what Gaius comes upon this scene that we're seeing in this episode. What does he do? What does he do? Right. You could almost make an argument for people picking back out of the room. Don't provoke the thing and don't get involved because this is clearly deep and there's bad things happening here. And I don't want to jeopardize my own safety by uncovering rocks. I shouldn't. That, that would be true cowardice. So there is stuff here. I mean, you have to remember too, he also is a vice president. So I think he knows he might have some sway, but I don't think he's even thinking of that. I think he's just instinctively reacting and caring for somebody he cares about. Yeah. She is yeah. remarkably similar to someone I care about a great deal. Yeah. He lays it all out to her. That this is a woman who fundamentally changed my life forever. And I, to <laughs> this day, I still love her. Uh, and you look exactly like her. And he and he has to dis, disperse her here, right? Dismiss her, I guess, as you could, right? Computer off. <laughs> uh, uh, yeah, that's true. He's like, let let me have some alone time, baby. Please leave me alone for once. But, uh, another thing. And she does. Yep. Another subtle good piece of writing in this episode is that, of course, the Pegasus crew, Kane herself, has been referring Pegasus actual has been referring to the Cylons as it. And they started yeah. the it stuff right away. And Gaius, because he's a fucking chameleon, started to mirror that. Yes, dude. I love he it. Well, he it doesn't want to yeah. tip off his feelings. And this is why I like the guy's character, because he's smart. He starts to immediately go, well, there's, there's no physical damage to its neural pathways. And uh, all cognitive reasoning centers. And he says, it, but it's quite clearly traumatized, which would suggest that it's current. He's being very clinical here, which is how Admiral Kane reacts. Because what Gaius is able to do in this hallway walk, which I love, by the way, is he says, we know that she, simply put, you've tried the stick, now let's try the carrot. And it's, you can see her really trying to read him and she mm-hmm. doesn't. He's too slick. She just nods with a smile. And that's right. it. And all he does, he points out the fact that he's like, you know, it's it's an interesting scientific fact. You know, Correct. He, he frames it very much in that way of like, it's an interesting scientific fact that they they suffer from the same kind of stresses that we do. Psych, you know, he, her condition is a psychological one. We can so use this, basically, we, is what he's yeah, getting at. We can, we can use this, and it also doesn't do us any good to kick her anymore. It's time to take another approach. Right. Um, and so like that's that's basically a very clinical sort of like roundabout way of saying, let's stop beating her and, and talk to her. It's and he it's that done. It, you know, it, it's it is it is Gaius Baltar's ability to read people like books. And this is where his genius intellect comes into play here. It's not just his genius intellect, but his ability to understand people immediately. And that is let, what do we know about Kane by the end of this episode? It is going to come down to very much a cost-benefit analysis decision, which is you could continue to let your men rape and beat her up. It hasn't netted you any results. 
here's what I'm going to tell you based on my expertise in a very clinical, unemotional, and very matter-of-fact way that you should consider this option to net you more things. Right? Right. Right. Exactly. It's awesome. Frames it as a, you'll get more out of it by this. Correct. Versus more bang for your buck. That's it. That's it. It's a, it's a way, it's a clinical, he's manipulating a, a clin, a clinical leader. I know you and your boys have got their, you know, their torture boots all worn in, their kicking boots, everybody's comfortable and happy with this and you have a good time, but I think it's time we try something else. Yep. Uh, good point by Patrick Harrington in the, in the live chat who says, Kane also doesn't have the people or resources to do what the fleet and galactic can do or the knowledge. Great point, right? Mm, that's a really good point. Absolutely. Really good point. They, we, we take the... We take the fleet for granted, but there's offhanded comments throughout, you know, the series up thus far of, you know, this ship has resupplied us with this, you know, this person has done this, this investigator from this ship has come forward, you know, like people from the fleet step forward to help with things and do Mm -hmm. things. They draw on that whole huge pool of knowledge. That's right. Absolutely. Yeah. There's a lot of expertise in there. You know, you might be, (laughs) it's... The chances of you having somebody who can uh, do some sort of specific food growth thing just is not going to happen on just the Pegasus. Yeah, there's, exactly. there's, and, and of course, we take for granted Gaius's capabilities. You know, to be honest, as we're talking about it, man, I got to say, I am, my opinion is changing some just for the fact of I, I didn't think about while watching it how big a factor the fleet being there is and how it's much huge. the Pegasus is truly a different entity, a purely military one because they haven't had to worry about civilians in this whole time. And like that has forged them and changed them in a way. And I'm like, that for me makes some of their behavior more, I, I believe it. I, I can yeah. buy it and be like, I yeah. can see how you would be this jaded or this narrow minded and thinking there's only a very hard line, violent approach to every situation. Mm. Admiral Kane uh, has been doing some log reading, hasn't she? Oh, boy. And she has not been happy. Not happy. Through quite an ordeal. Yeah. She lays it down. And uh, it starts by her talking about, well, hey, how's it going? Uh, She starts to say, uh, I mean, there's so many log books. It's hilarious. I know, right? Yeah. She says, uh, well, we're going to do a joint operation and... Hitting the Cylons where it hurts. Bill's into it. He's like, great, my pleasure on a joint strike force. Absolutely. I'll have Apollo coordinate with your CAG. Oh, by the way, let's start there. <laughs> yep, you've broached the topic now, so let's continue. Mm. We're going to The face he has when, he, when she says I'm going to reassign him to the uh, Pegasus Air Wing is priceless. Uh, priceless i have a team that works very well together right (laughs) and honestly see this is why like i have problems with some of the behavior of the the crew of the pegasus and everything and and kane is definitely a hard ass in certain times but i can still step back and from her point of view go i see how you come to this conclusion Mm -hmm. i see how you go you guys are you're tight-knit because of the pressure of this very particular and intense situation However, you guys are getting loose. This is getting a little, this is messy. And we need to, especially if we want to actually work together and be a unified force of two battle stars, our crews need to work together. We can't be isolated teams of, well, we're Galactica and we're Pegasus. Like, I could see as a military commander looking at that and going, that's not going to work. We got to get everybody integrated together 
working together. If it becomes this cliquish thing, then we're going to have fucking problems. In a sense, but in, in wasn't in the Navy, but, but to start to integrate crews seems like a bad idea to me. Because yeah. you already have a team that works well in any given situation. Now, exactly. one, thing, one thing I do know is that when ships put to port, guys get off and on all the time. Um, I think it was Josh that told me that. I don't remember. Somebody told me that. So it's pretty common for, for them to rotate out. So it, it might not be a bad idea, actually. I, just, I, I guess I feel like in this tense, well, also I'm watching a TV show where I know crazy things happen every week. But it's not like they're <laughs> just good. underway in the fucking Indian Ocean jerking each other off. Like this is in the midst of battles. I, I, it, it's, I wonder if they were to try to reintegrate crews in this case. And I think Kane's doing it more out of protection. She, she, I mean, it's the logs. She's reading the logs and going, you know, you got this one who's mutinous, your, your words, your words about your own son. And then you right, got Kara right. r- routinely punching officers, Agathon, fucking the enemy agent, making her pregnant. Let's not even discuss your exo. <laughs> I love that. Let's not even go into that old drunk motherfucker. Yeah. Um, but yeah, no, I mean, that's why to me this this scene in particular is good writing because I can I can sympathize with Adama's position and I can sympathize with hers. I, mm-hmm. I, I see it both ways. When it becomes it's the scenes later on where I'm like, well, these are obviously pieces of shit. <laughs> that I'm like, sure. well, fuck them. Uh but I like this, I like the struggle of going. I love my boy Adama, and I and I feel for him, and I think he's right that the team that they have and the 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 way they work with one another, the way that Lee and Starbuck can can fight together, that's an important good dynamic you want to keep. You don't want to break that up like that. That's that's something that has been effective. But that all said, the mm-hmm. same kind of problems and the long stewing problems. I mean, we just saw the Chief and Hilo beat the shit out of each other over long standing stuff. I can see a, an outside commander looking to take control of this and smooth things out and make things run. You know, now that you're having two massive ships come together who haven't had any contact, going fuck, we have to like make this work. We're gonna have to shake things up and sure. make people deal with one another, introduce them to one another. There's just no other way. Right. Uh, so, like, I, I like I like how difficult this is from both angles. Yeah, and I mean, she she tries to she she gets into unit cohesion and morale and things of this nature. To which Adama flat out just disagrees with her. I disagree, and they have that long silence. Well, that's certainly your right, I believe. She says more pauses, oh, but yeah. it is. It, I mean, their morale seems to be pretty good. You have your orders, and he, of course, takes those orders and goes about his business. Oh, yeah. He <laughs> takes it to them. And they are, of course, a couple of angry teenagers about it. Right. But this is where Bill continues to show he is a good commander. He shuts it the fuck down. He doesn't do that weak-ass leadership like, well, this is what she wants. So He, right, doesn't, right. he doesn't pawn it off. He stands behind the decision. Well, at the same time, we know how he feels about it. Dude, him shouting that's enough is yeah. so fucking they haven't heard daddy voice in a while. They haven't had to hear that crack of a whip. Right. Your officers act like it. She's given you an order, and that's that. You will carry it out. Yep. Dude, him shutting down Starbuck here, too, was, a, was another moment of, may I speak freely, sir? And like, she totally expects to have that. He's like, you may not. Mm-hmm. Done with that. There's part, of, there's part of Adama here who does agree with Kane, yeah. isn't there? Oh, absolutely. I mean, and, he has, 
reluctantly let so much happen. There are things that he has allowed to happen with the, you know, biting his lip, like, ah, this doesn't feel good, but so be it. I'm going to go with the, the, the instinct of my crew members, you know, the instinct of Lee or, and and going with things and, and trying to follow his gut and, and tend to everybody. But he knows, you know, deep down as a, as a military commander, there are times where you just have to fucking put the boot down and like, that's it. This is an order. We're all following the order. When was the last time, when was the last time Commander Adama (laughs) was, uh, had a discussion with his superior officer about the way he's running things. That'd be never. It's been a long time. And and I think, and I think having it read back to you is going to provoke a bit of a defensive response. And the anger he has and the shouting isn't just how he's upset with them. Cause of course he understands it, but also there could be a little bit of him being upset with himself in there. Yeah. Of feeling like, like once you have the eyes of a superior officer on you, feeling like, ah, I have fucked up. Like not really noticing or feeling it until then. You're like, mm, I'm looking like a scrub <laughs> to them right now. <laughs> I got to get my shit together. Got to get my crew together. Yep. But uh, they they report to uh, the CAG. Who, so we immediately see how this is going to go. Right. Right on the Pegasus, we're uh, in the ward room here, and they're all kind of, or the pilot room here, and they're all kind of chatting. It's a photo recon mission. Here's what we're going to do. We are interested in one Cylon ship in particular. So this is a a cool little note in this episode that doesn't get discussed too much. Yeah, yeah, but, but it's I interesting, big note right? Too. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that they have two base stars and a whole huge fleet of, of you know, raiders and other support ships. Uh, out there with this much larger unidentified ship they've never seen before that they are basically in formation around and protecting. It's not a base star. It's even bigger than them. And they're like, what the hell is that? We don't know what that Cylon ship is. That's something new. And even Adama speculates that maybe it's a, a raider, mobile raider factory or who knows. And, you know, uh, I, I think even Kane is like, your guess is as good as mine. Like, we don't know. We got to get close to this thing. Yep. Uh, she shuts, she, I mean, she he starts with a plan, which is we're going to power down, hide behind a moon, mask our signatures, and she just says, your plan sucks when he and asks she, her. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. And she's expecting laughter. She's expecting people to chuckle and then to be like, oh, okay, and like kind of bicker, banter back and forth a little bit, and that is just not, that is not the culture on Pegasus. <laughs> yep, absolutely. And she tells him, the, look, the Cylons are not as stupid as you may think they are, right? It's a blind spot. They'll never go near it. They're not dumb. You really want to get close? You got to use a stealth ship we constructed aboard Galactica. Mm -hmm. There we go. He's like, you're off the mission. Done. Boom. (laughs) And I mean, to be honest, as much as I'm like, you know, as a viewer, you're like, oh, what a hard ass. I love Starbucks. I imagine that's actually probably more realistic for a military. He's like, you're going to fucking just speak up and start dumping on the mission and cracking jokes. You're off of it. Done. Yep. Like, we're not even going to fuck around with this. Yep. And she is totally, like, taken aback by it. Yep. And he takes more digs at Apollo. You know, you, 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 it says you're qualified on your jacket. You still remember how to fly. He's going to proceed with his mission anyway. Yep. There's just no fucking way. This expect you know, he, that these two are already, right? Right. right. Starbuck and, I mean, and, and Lee, they're already in cahoots about, eh, we're not going to take this. this. Yeah, we're not taking this. Now you're driving a Raptor. It's humiliating. <laughs> and that's, that's the shitty thing. Like This Taylor dude knows exactly what he's doing. He knows he's trying to humiliate them and, and, and put them down versus letting them actually use their skill sets. Like 
they should even just reading the logs they should essentially know i mean he's the commander of their air group they know how skilled he is as a fighter pilot they know how skilled starbuck is and like to take them out of those positions makes no sense i would be like taking your star running back be like yeah you sit on the bench i don't like the way you fucking tied your shoes today it's like what what are you talking about like you're gonna be petty about something when i'm like one of your best assets that's stupid yep there you go sometimes you gotta make an example to keep the culture though old billy belichick will bench you and then lose the super bowl (laughs) i don't even care (laughs) fucking guy but um yeah i mean it's we see, uh, we see, we go over to the deck, and Chief is, hey, where's the fucking Blackbird? Meanwhile, guys are drinking. Laird's like, oh, Thrace just took it out. Uh, can't order performance check, which we know is a lie. Is total bullshit from, from Starbuck. That I love Laird they didn't, didn't even confirm. <laughs> right? They didn't even let the Chief in on that. They were just like, ah, fuck him. Like, <laughs> I know it's his ship that he built, and he cared a lot about it, and everything. Kind of kept him alive for a little passion project for other ah fuck it steal it <laughs> fuck chief <laughs> so good stupid knuckle dragger but this is where um we get uh this is where the uh the the duke lacrosse team is uh hanging out partying <laughs> that's true <laughs> uh, allegedly uh, allegedly but um <laughs> yeah man this is intense and this of course is cut against Thorn going to slake his thirst. Never humped an Asian one before. He's so gross. So disgusting. I mean, I'm like, dude, and also to me, and we talked about this some in the last episode, like, the idea, you, it is such a shallow idea to hide behind of like, well, it's a Cylon. It doesn't matter. She's not a human. It's a Cylon. I'm like, if, again, if you can't tell any difference at all, you cannot discern the difference between a Cylon and a human being. Is there a difference? Mm-hmm. Like when it's that close, when we are that similar to, to fucking hold her down by her little feminine wrists and another dude fucking pulled her ankles over the bed. And you're going to jam your dick in her. You're comfortable with raping somebody, man. Like you can't justify and say, Oh, it's just a Cylon. I'm fine. Like, no, you have dipped way down into the worst of behavior. You know what you're doing. This is awful. Like, it's disgusting. Yeah. Yeah, I I mean, it's outrageous. It's outrageous behavior. It's obviously, you can see the way it affects. And here's something that I like in this this exchange, which is the the guys talking about the please disturb line. I got in line twice. And Callie is, tells him to shut the fuck up. And Callie shot Boomer. (laughs) Right. Right? Shot her. It it is so intense. So intense. Because that's the thing. I mean, like, you can't take away from the fact that, like, they're still trying to hide behind that idea of, like, ah, it's a Cylon. But also, it's like, would you be doing this to a male Cylon? Like, right. Like, is this the, really the same? Like, are you really just distra- Like, that, that it just shows how thin that excuse is. Like, that's bullshit. It's bullshit. Like, once yeah. you're justifying this behavior, you, you've, you've dropped below the lowest bar, man. Right. It's, it's fucking awful. Yeah, and it's, uh, it's not... It's it's not effective, <laughs> right? Exactly. Like, oh yeah, you're Mo- totally gonna gonna get this information out of it now. Yeah, great. Right. Like, which hey. which goes back to the cane thing. You know, it's it's mm. she didn't know she the carrot. What's a carrot? I only know sticks. <laughs> I only know sticks. And hitting is that their something that you put on your head? Is it a, like a hat? 
I don't Dude, know what you a know carrot what? is. <laughs> you know what, too? I just now it just now like occurred to me. We never heard Kane or anybody from the Pegasus talk about what information they'd gleaned from their Cylon. Mm-hmm. Ever. They don't talk like they're not like, you know, no. Adama mentions that we, you know, our Cylon has helped us, you know, been very useful source of uh, information and has been very cooperative. And she's like, Oh, we have a Cylon too. Yeah. That's it. Like it's oh, so a Cylon that you guys have beaten and, and raped a bunch and you've gotten nothing out of it even. Like mm-hmm. you got she's just been a, a pummel for your your you know, your soldiers to take their anger out on, basically. Yeah, and, and, and you like, know, okay. like and, and with the boomer thing because we can focus on that one because we know about the boomer thing this particular model has done what if you believe they have independent it's it's like you you have essentially caught an enemy right essentially right but she didn't shoot adama she didn't personally set off nuke she she was with agathon she was right it's yeah yeah she's she's innocent of any you know, she's guilty by association, and now she's going to face Thorn. Right, right. That's <laughs> rough, man. S- super shitty position. But uh, uh, boy, does this thing get out of hand quickly? In the and dude, I gotta say, like it kind of, it's one of those things where it's such an awful moment. The whole thing is so bad, but it does my heart good to see that once there's this talk from these pieces of shit assholes, you know, like ah, I got a line twice. <laughs> Thorn's really going to give it to her. Hilo and and Chief, their differences just fucking evaporate. They're like, this shit that's going to come down on Sharon, they are so like locked arm and ready to fucking Oh, dude, it's like Hulk Hogan and Randy Savage, (laughs) son! (laughs) Fuck yeah! Coming down the ring, folding chair under their arm! Hell yeah, they got, they fucking are buddies again. They both fly in under the bottom rope with chairs. Yes! (laughs) Get it! Uh, it's so true though like they were just beating each other's asses the other day they're probably still not feeling great about it still kind of miffed but then this happens and they're like oh fuck all that Ooh, <laughs> don't Hulk care Hogan. Ooh, yeah let's get Ooh. in there brother and then they just yeah brother <laughs> and they get in there and they just take it down dude I feel so bad for Thorne when he dies from a brain hemorrhage. Yeah, I was about to say, you know, oddly enough, the moment that I nutted was the very second that Thorne's <laughs> skull gave way under that bolt against the wall. <laughs> oh, that's good. It was foreshadowing for my imminent load. Wow. <laughs> right, he's heading to a nut, get it? Dude, I could watch the mm. slow-mo of Chief Tyrrell tossing his ass into the wall over and over again. Tyrrell has, ma- Ty- Tyrrell has, Tyrrell has mad boy strength. I love oh, it. absolutely. A it's, mad boy adrenaline strength. Oh, it's so good. Dude, <laughs> his fucking By the face. way, when him <laughs> when him and Terrell are down on their knees and they show them together, how <laughs> big is Hilo compared to him? Oh my god. <laughs> it's so much bigger. <laughs> He's so much it's, bigger than him. <laughs> but boy. But also, how good is this moment where before the guards come in? <laughs> Each of them just has their own guy that they're sitting on top of and just pounding the shit oh, out of. Motherfucker! <laughs> Can you just fucking wailing on these dudes? So, oh, it's so crazy. Good. Oh, Mega powers it. collide, brother. <sighs> well, they get arrested. Which leads us to one hell of a nine-minute finale, I guess you'd say. God damn does it ever, dude. I mean, take, you know... The, the the minor problems I've had with this this episode so far with some of the characters of Pegasus being one dimensional, being maybe a little too easily evil, you know, and I still have some of those feelings. 
dude, that stuff washes away in the last couple minutes. It is just so good. It's so fucking good. Yep. We both they, have strong feelings about the case. Yeah. I'm the senior con- convenient. Yeah, they'll be tried on Pegasus. I mean, it, she's going right to trial. One of my men is dead. Fine. <laughs> Adama. <laughs> oh, sounded like an asshole anyways. Mm. Yeah. <laughs> yep. And, but dude, she, you know, he makes this point about you know, they deserve a fair trial, they deserve a, a grand jury, and she's like, "Yes, you know, that's true." But let's not get into this whole fair trial philosophical argument because you disbanded one when it didn't give you the verdict you wanted, and that is some damning ass shit to say. Yeah, like, that's, that, and he, he has no argument against it. Really, he's just all he says is that was a different time. Right. Right. Oof. Um. But uh, I know we didn't go through this whole thing, but this is the moment where they actually unlock the captured six. We get this break before the final end, and he tells the Marines to get out. They, of course, listen. And uh, he has this uh, heartfelt, heartfelt moment sitting down in here. I, li- I like this a lot. I like the acting. Yeah, man. It's, uh, boy, it's like a wounded animal, the way he's acting. Yeah, well, both of them, really. Mm-hmm. And also, I mean, for one, I, the way this closes is is great. The, him him actually crying over her. I've like never expected to see this from guys Walter. Man. From the beginning mm-hmm. of this show to now, I did never, never could have imagined him having this level of empathy really for some sure. woman, especially six, who in a way has kind of tortured him and fucked with him. But they just have like a complicated relationship. Um, that all said, I was also kind of amazed to see a Cylon eat. <laughs> <laughs> Pretty cool, huh? Call me crazy. I was like, I've never seen a silent well, eat before. Imagine Sharon think. on the fleet. Yeah, she would have to. Yeah, absolutely, all the time. She's yeah. So that's yeah, why. Hey, that's you know why what? Listen great, to me. That's why you can't cut them open and tell their silence, right? Oh yeah, exactly, exactly. So they're like fucking. They're like fucking replicants, dude. Like exactly. they are so indistinguishable that it's like, are you sure they're different? Like, just are they just an enhanced version of us? Like, I don't know, man. Ah, oh, it's so weird. But also, you know, the crazy thing about Cylons, though, their shit smells like lavender. It's great. It's awesome. That's their that's their real true up. Not good as a skin lotion, however. No. It smells no great. It's still shit. It just smells great. Mm-hmm. But he invinces he 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 says out loud, I love her to this very day. I love her. This is that, this is huge. great. Yeah, I love it. And she looks exactly like you. And I still can't tell. And he, and he if, gets emotion out of her and he gets trust and uh, And he gets her to eat. Like, because I feel like at this point, when when they had first, when Six and him come across her, she is like almost willing herself to die, like not eating, just laying sure. there, kind of like waiting to be taken. Um, and this moment of her slowly, painfully reaching her battered arm out and like taking a piece of fruit and finally taking a bite is like willing, you know, willing herself to to live again, to cooperate to some extent, to to mm-hmm. accept his help. Which is huge. And also, I mean, I, it, it leaves me with this mystery of, does she know Gaius? Does she recognize him? Who's to say? My name is Gaius Baltarn. I'm here to help you. And she, I mean, just watching her drag her hand across the deck. And, oh, and he side-eyes it, just thinking yeah. about how brutal this is. Like he can, it's like he can't quite bear to fully look C- at Correct. It yep. It's, it's really good. Much. It's really oh. good. Her dragging the the food back to her mouth and attempting, like you said, 
barely eating it and doing the whole thing. It's crazy, man. That's true. Great moment. Great stuff out of Baltar this week. Made me happy. Hell yeah. No, this is a very good Baltar episode. And, uh, well, check on these jump coordinates. We, we get back to, uh, oh, my God. Taylor, the most insufferable fuckhead. God, he's brutal. Well, anything you've been distracted about? Two of my friends just got arrested and charged with treason. Excuse uh, me, Matt. Can you show some respect and call him Stinger? <laughs> stinger. Awesome. Wasp boy. Are you talking about like an annoying stinger on a, on a flying insect that kills children? Yeah. By making it them allergic. sickly babies, you know? <laughs> that kind of stinger. Wowee, <laughs> the stinger. Don't let your already colicky infants near me. I'll hurt them a little more. Uh, and this is also, this, so, I, I, I think that it's a little, you know, it's a little touch and go with some of the behavior, but I think this is probably the most dumbest piece of dialogue in this episode, which is him saying something on your mind. Yeah, two of my friends are being tried for treason and murder. And he says, try to keep your head in the game. Like, if you ever want to build a bridge, man. That ain't the like, way. What are you going to, what? Maybe say, look, it's it's a tough spot that they're in. And, you know, I right. who knows what happened, but I can assure you that we'll get to the bottom of it and render the appropriate justice. Right. And I can understand being distracted, but let's go. We, we got a mission here. <laughs> He's just so cold. He's so cold and I don't know. Oh, he's just such a shit fuck. But also, boy. I don't want to let it go by Patrick Harrington in the chat. The next great novel, Do Cylons Shit? Philip K. Dick would be proud. Yeah, exactly. Do Cylons dream of electric shit? <laughs> but uh, boy, what a moment in this episode. We have work to do. <laughs> you're going to mouth flute the whole thing, the, whole, the entire score. Uh, but dude, Ty, I love that it's Ty who calls him up. He's like, they've already had the fucking tribunal. They've already declared the, the outcome. She's taking them to be executed right now. And his dude, this is like mm, legendary. Adam legendary. Like grimaces and is like, fuck, this is going to suck. But I want a Marine strike team and a Raptor in five fucking minutes. Prepare to launch alert fighters. Oh, so good. Throbbing boner. Throbbing. Just, uh. You see the pain he feels right before he says it because it's so, it's I mean, so he's, it's dangerous. Dude, all, all of your support, so, multiple things, but first off, all of your support, counting, counting the Pegasus as, a, as an ally and somebody to back you up and, and help resupply you, all that shit's gone. You're throwing that out the window. Yep. Um, and also, like we've already talked about earlier, the Pegasus is essentially a superior ship. It's newer. Sure. It's got more weapons. It's probably got a bigger fleet of Vipers. You're going up against a truly formidable threat that you might not be able to even fully take on, but he's going to fucking make a stand. Like, that mm. is a hard call to make. Let's have a listen. Oh, wait. We can't have a listen because I got this thing on. I did this last time, too. I, I forgot <laughs> I couldn't put it on. I'm so stupid. <laughs> I love it. <laughs> Why do I keep Classic doing Adama. that? Why do I keep forgetting that I can't do that in this moment? Why do you suppose I forget that, Matthew? Hmm? I don't know. Hmm? I don't know. What's my problem? Yeah, Am I a stupid you person? Like, you have like a little bit of can't get right. It's true. It's smidge. It's true. I fell on my head a couple times. A couple, three times. <laughs> soft spot's still a little Also, soft. does Callie not have the best pants shitting moment 
when she tells <laughs> we we have work to do. Holy shit, man! Oof. Yeah, Oof. <laughs> we have mutiny to commit. Get choppy, chop chop, chop chop. Prepare the alert, fighters, motherfuckers, because we're coming. Oh my god! Like I love, I love the fact too that it doesn't come out explicitly at first. It's from somebody, you know, it's her person on CIC being like, uh, they've just launched Vipers. And mm-hmm. her being like, why did you just launch Vipers? He's like, I'm getting my men Oof. one way or the other. And you are making such a mistake. <laughs> oh, oh yeah. it's so fucking good, man. Yep, it's good stuff. What a fucking ending. You told me they'd get a fair trial. <laughs> oh, did you? I assure you I heard them out. <laughs> She's so ludicrous here. I weighed their statements against those of the guards, and I took into consideration their service records and commendations, so I'm going to murder them today. That's <laughs> so a time like, to kill what them. What the fuck, lady? Oh, Jesus. Yeah. That's so fucked. Of course, the first female character of authority here is a bad guy, of course. <laughs> she's angry and emotional, of course. Shit, I would argue she's Hashtag quitting BSG, boycott, sci-fi. Boycott. Uh, <laughs> I found my fuel for outrage today. <laughs> I was running a little low, and I saw Trump was on vacation, but I couldn't track his every second. I had nothing to be mad about today. <laughs> Thank God. <laughs> fuel tanks running empty on outrage. Let me go back and watch a show from 12 years ago. <laughs> I was coasted on e-fumes of my outrage. <laughs> But I saw Admiral Kane and her poor representation for women. Fortunately, the Donald provided a nice hill for me to coast down on fumes. <laughs> Getting to the bottom of it. Boy. No, no, man. This, like, is, a, this I, again, is a great scene, though. Of, of all of Pegasus's crew that we get to see, you know, I, I think there is legit problems with some of them just being... So, like, of course, fuck them. <laughs> of course, mm-hmm. fuck these assholes. They're shits. But Kane is the one where I still can kind of see her perspective. Like, it, it's not something where I'm like, well, she's totally just a fucking monster. Fuck her. Like, I like her character because I'm like, well, I see that she just has this different fucking philosophy, a more iron fisted, there must be order kept. And I, I could just see the fact that. Maybe she doesn't even know the full extent of what Thorn does. She probably knows it's bad. He's a little bit of a torturer, but she's like, whatever. Our crew is in support of it. Fuck it. Let him do whatever he does. And now he's a high-ranking officer who just got fucking murdered on your ship by the crew of another ship. Right. You can't just let it. You can't just do nothing. Like that's for sure. Um, but obviously, I think she's somebody who who is more willing to bow to the cries for blood, and that's what her crew wants. Her crew wants blood. I don't know if they do, though. You don't think? No, I think some do and some don't. And I think it's established in this second when we see many concerned faces on the bridge. That's true. Prior to the decision and Colonel Fish trying to talk her out of it. Ah, That's a good point. That's a good point. You know what I'm saying? I think, Admiral, this will spiral out of control fast. Launch the Vipers. Of course, they're going to follow her order. If we believe anything that Fisk said is truth. <laughs> That's, seriously. Uh, I don't feel like eating a bullet, so yes, fine. But what does she say here? He left me with no choice. Left me with no choice. Hmm. Really? Really? Are you sure about that? There you go. <laughs> maybe you have a trial that's equally participated in by crew of Galactica. And yeah. Maybe? Uh, uh, I'm, not, I'm not saying there's not a couple of people on board that ship who are probably like, yeah, fuck these idiots. What, yeah. what do they think is going to happen? 
I, I think the reaction shots of the of the uh, men and women on the CIC matter because we see concern on some faces. For sure. And I, and I think just in the fact that they the idea of shooting down their their fellow men and women in arms of like uh, wait what, we just found them now we're gonna start killing them. I mean that's just it's such a loss it's such a loss for each side you know the the amount of resources they could have shared the amount of things they could you know back each other up in it all just gets crushed yeah for sure and um, well vipers on vipers flying after vipers so Matthew. Pegasus. Oh, yeah. It's over. To be continued. But what do you think of that? Baby. It's been torturing me all week. It's what it's been. It's what I think of it. Yes. Torturing me. Dying to get to this next one, man. (laughs) So good. good. What a great ending. Some final thoughts on this one? Overall, man. Overall, I'm tapped. I, I think... This is still a really strong episode. Like that's that's such a big, and I throw so much favor to the show for that because of it's. I I have genuine complaints about some of this episode, but they are so overruled by the good of this episode that I that I basically don't even care. And the the fact that Admiral Kane is still a compelling enough character, I kind of at this point can look past the less compelling people among the crew. I'm like, that's whatever. Her and Adama, and, and you know, we might get more heads. on them, right? Right, and 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 I'm I'm fully interested in that. Like I, as much as I have a problem with them, the way they're presented here, like I like that this this could also be a bit of a a false narrative that we don't get to. You know, we're not seeing the whole picture, and maybe we'll start to see the whole picture uh, coming coming soon. I could still see that show. I could still see the show doing this. Um, yeah. so I'm looking forward to it, man. This Indeed, is, the fact that Adama God got to just teased with the hope of so much more support and, and allies and just backup and just uh like you could see it all in his face when he has to make that call like, yep ah fuck it's all gone it's all gone all the all the backup we were gonna have fine so be it crazy 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 good up intense intense situation and um yeah man looking forward to uh to next week for sure uh, my final thoughts on this I think it starts to push me into the Cylon camp, right? What happens as soon as the humans uh, effectively double their fighting force? They start killing each other. So They start killing each other. So go Cylons. Kill them all. Fuck them. Bunch of stupid naked monkeys. What are you thinking? <laughs> Fucking dumb-dumb chimps in space. <laughs> With your Can't dicks get and their... vaginas all slathering around. <laughs> it's crazy. Fucking dumb animals. Fucking their vaginas and dicks all <laughs> fucking crawling around. Don't know what to do with them. <laughs> Just slobbering and fucking and killing. Disgusting. Yeah. They're vile <laughs> Stupid creatures. Stupid animals. They're dumb Go animals. Cylon. Nuke them up. Get rid of them. Start over. I'm in. Yep. I Team am now Cylon. a Cylon collaborator. <laughs> Cylon loyalist. <laughs> you will be spared. You will not be knelt against the wall. Post uprising. Cut, cut to Cylon high command where you got a bunch of people sitting around like Leoben is just like, I have an idea. Let's just point them in the direction of other survivors. And then as they meet up, they'll just murder each other. And we don't have to chase them around the fucking galaxy anymore. They'll just kill each other. And if, they, and if they don't immediately kill each other upon meeting, we can sneak in propaganda that each side thinks the other side has a smaller penis than them. That ought to do it. They'll kill each other over that. I say we go in and take away their raping. And then they're all doomed. <laughs> no more rape holes for any of you. No! <laughs> well... 
that's that's my final thoughts. Yeah, on this close. one. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. yeah. <laughs> Go with them All new right. prisoners. <laughs> Johnny well, Thorne. <laughs> Johnny Thorne. <laughs> uh, that was him in high school. Um, <laughs> exactly. Still bald. <laughs> well, why don't we say this? Um, now that this episode is over, we are going to make a. We're going to give a quick. Uh, message like we promised at the start of this episode. It's nothing earth shattering, but we don't have the guts to make you guys wait another week for this episode. So we are going to record the next episode next week. So you're going to get back to back BSG releases. We've been pretty awesome about bonus content. We think we can put it on freeze for an extra week because we still got a bunch of bonus content that we've released and that's out there. Um, we also have a bonus content. Don't do we have one in the bank? I don't remember. No, no, we released I, it. Did we? Okay. Beast Smasher. Yeah, yeah, we too. finally yeah. released it. <laughs> and then I released the one with um with uh with Nate. So we've released quite a bit of bonus content. So we're gonna go hard in the paint on uh, on Battlestar and we're gonna watch the next episode next week. Hell yeah. Um, because it's, you know, it's, we've, we've been delivering a lot of content through SFFP and the bonus thing. And sometimes you got to let people catch up because they're not always dedicated as you guys <laughs> that are members of LSG media. And some people Wild are getting, savages. some people are getting to the episodes a little later and they just start to get buried. So, um, sometimes you gotta just tone it back a little bit in favor of, uh, not letting people cliffhang on such an exciting Battlestar Galactic. So, um, good news for people who are uh, listening to the Battlestar Galactica podcast that we're doing here because we're going to be hopping on, on to the next episode next week. Yes, ah. There. Um, and that's it. And uh, we will go from there. Now, do you know the name of the episode next week? Um, I have not strayed. I, I'm, you, you are forgetting how now, fucking dedicated I am. I don't look at the next name. All right. So, this is, so this is important because here's your homework. Okay. It's I don't want to tell you the name of it until you push play, but you're going to know as soon as you push play, but I'll let you, I'll let you push play on your own and discover it. It's a two-parter. Okay. So this nice. is quite the saga. So it's so almost I, like a three-parter, really. Yeah. It's exciting. So why don't we cover the next two together as one episode? Oh, hell yeah. Wanna hell yeah. Let's do it. Yeah. That way they'll get the whole, the whole like three-part episode here. That way we don't have to skip another bonus week. There you go. I love it. So, so next Monday, we'll get on the horn and we'll talk about part one and part two of, or should I say part two and part three, of this uh, Pegasus thing. Hell yeah. Sound good? Hell yeah. Awesome. Well, I'm excited. Hope you're excited. And if you're listening to this uh, podcast right now and you're like, wow, you guys are awesome. You've done this for us. Go on Reddit. Go on message boards. Go on Facebook, Battlestar Galactic groups. Go everywhere you can and fucking push this show, man. Get it into people's ears because it's a word of mouth business. Obviously, Battlestar Galactic is not at the forefront of people's minds right now, except for those fan bases. And if Matt and I go into those groups and we say, oh, go listen to our podcast, and we just join <laughs> the group. Then we're assholes. We're assholes. <laughs> but if listeners go, hey, this is a cool show. You guys should go listen. Then it's fucking cool, I guess. I don't know how people's brains work. But that's apparently the the lay of the land out there in the wild west of the internet. So, um Hook us up with a little bit of help. That would be awesome um, for all our shows. To be perfectly honest with you, I know you guys do a lot already, but uh, if uh, if you're if you regularly consume our content and you're not a member and you have no inclination to be because you just don't pay for shit, that's fine. 
But if you could spread the word, that would be awesome. And that's it. Matt, I look forward to next week, babe. We're going in hard. We're going to talk about episodes back to back. It's going to be a little extra long. Probably a couple hours that podcast will be. But we'll, yeah. we'll run them as a, as a single episode and uh and uh, pound through so watch them back to back because let me tell you you're gonna wanna i know dude. you're gonna that's wanna why that's why i'm all boned up because i'm like dude i know as soon as i watch the next one i'm gonna be like in pain to watch the one after that that's right i'm ready oh yeah that's it all right well thank you guys again for tuning in please visit us on the web at libertystreetgeek.net that's libertystreetgeek.net and i don't usually say this on the um on the um other shows that we do but um, we do we do have a show called the Science Fiction Film Podcast. If you're not listening to it, you should. And uh, we do have some membership stuff that gets you access to bonus content. So that's something to consider um, where we talk about a lot of different things. We do movies. We do commentaries. We do off-the-cuff chats about philosophy and life, things of this nature. So check it out, man, libertystreetgeek.net. And until then, we'll see you guys next week.